Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart ablaze with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined us on the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Many years ago, I was at a confirmation ceremony with Cardinal Edwin O'Brien from Baltimore. And as part of the ceremony, the pastor always asks all the kids who are being confirmed to please stand up. And everyone gives some appreciative applause. And then Cardinal O'Brien did something a little surprising. He stepped forward and he asked them to remain standing. And the cardinal came to the center of the sanctuary and looked down there and just stood there, looking at the people in silence. And the kids were standing and looking back at him. And seconds stretched into minutes, and things just got a little bit awkward, as the silent standing kind of just went on and on. But finally, Cardinal O'Brien said, Tonight, you are standing for something. Never forget who you are standing for. Please be seated. It was an image I never forgot, an image of standing in public, declaring that they have faith in Jesus Christ. And he is certainly worth standing for, even if you have to stand alone. There's an old saying going around, you know, that says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And I think it's kind of true because I think a lot of people stand for nothing greater than just their own comfort and pleasure and ease. But Jesus offers us a stark warning that if we want to stand for him, we may stand alone against family and friends and society as a whole. After all, remember, we're following a king who himself was rejected by his closest friends. Truth is very controversial in a world of lies. And so Jesus, who is truth itself, finds himself often in opposition to the world and worldly mentalities. You know, I love that great scene from the gospel where Jesus and Pontius Pilate are having this dialogue at his trial. And Pilate asks Jesus, so you are a king? And Jesus responds, it was for this that I've come, to bear witness to the truth. And so Pilate asks that age-old question, what is truth? He kind of scoffs at it, scoffs at the idea that there can be a truth, scoffs at the idea that this man standing before him knows the truth or that he's living the truth. And yet that is precisely Christ's claim, that he is truth incarnate. And so we see here between Pilate and Jesus, these two conflicting worldviews, Jesus claiming to be king and Lord and Pilate rejecting that claim. And this really is still the fundamental division in the world. We see people who believe that Jesus is Lord or people who believe that we, human beings, are the center of the universe. Either we have a God-centered worldview or a very secular worldview. Either God established the world and its laws, and we must humbly obey those laws, or some people believe that we are the ones who define what life and marriage and gender and meaning and purpose are for ourselves. Either we submit to the Lord's loving kingship, or we rebel against it and do whatever we want. You see, all of our choices and thoughts, I think, fall into one of these two categories. Either a universe based on God, or a universe with us at the center, human beings. And you know, when there are conflicting visions of the world, we get division. Division, that's what it means to have two separate and opposing visions. And Jesus is only warning us that this division is going to happen because there are those who do not want to submit to himself as Lord. And I think, you know, many of us have already suffered that division because we hold on to Christ as King. You know, I've got a friend who was peacefully praying the rosary for an end to abortion at a rosary rally, and a man came up and just spit on her. You know, I've got another friend who's been very open to life and very generous with her family size, and the, the number of snide remarks they get are, is remarkable. People say, oh, are those all yours? You know, you're done, right? Save some resources for the rest of humanity. I know when I told my family I was becoming a priest, my brother, who's an atheist, said to me, 
you're wasting your life. There will be division because there are competing visions about what the world is all about. Yet, it's still worth it to live for the truth, no matter what the circumstances or the consequences are. Back in the mid-1900s, a man by the name of Alexander Solzhenitsyn was one of the few people who spoke out against communism in Russia. And in fact, he wrote a very famous essay called Live Not By Lies, in which he said it was better to suffer for the truth than to live according to the lies that the communists were propagating. But you know, he paid for that essay when, because of this criticism of Stalin, and he ended up spending eight years in the gulag and then was exiled for most of the rest of his life. Yet nevertheless, he still saw it as a greater value to suffer for truth than to live comfortably by lies. You know, I, people, I think the people who live this best, of course, were the martyrs. And the word martyr in Greek means witness. And the more than 50 million martyrs in history for Christ really witnessed by the shedding of their blood that Jesus is Lord and that heaven is real. These men, women, and children stood and died for truth. And now they are living in a world where there are no more illusions, no more lies. One of my favorite martyrs who really lived this out so powerfully is St. Thomas More. Thomas More, uh, his death took place in merry old England under the reign of King Henry VIII. The king was unable to produce a son with his wife, Catherine, so he divorced her and sought to marry his mistress, Anne Boleyn. But the Pope told him that it was wrong to be divorced and remarried because in the eyes of God, he was still married to Catherine. A civil divorce doesn't dissolve a sacramental marriage. And so in anger, King Henry VIII declared that he would be the head of the church in England and required that all of his nobles would sign an oath of loyalty declaring that the king and not the pope was the head of the church. You know, it's interesting that all of his nobles cared only about their own political futures and comfort and property and happiness, and the peer pressure was so strong that there was actually only one solitary man, one solitary politician, who refused to sign that oath. And it happened to be the king's chancellor, Sir Thomas More. And Thomas had a lot to lose. He was the second in command in the kingdom. He was wealthy. He was married. He had four children. And the king, King Henry, prevailed upon Thomas, you know, begging him to sign the oath because of their long friendship. He promised him wealth and riches and greater favors, but Thomas knew that the Pope was the spiritual head of the church, not the king, and he couldn't violate what he knew to be true. So the king tried to persuade him now with torture, locking him up in the Tower of London. The king sent in his wife and daughter to try to convince him to sign that oath. Imagine how difficult that must have been for Thomas to see his wife and daughter whom he loved dearly and yet still have to choose to remain faithful to the truth. Yet his heart and soul was made up. It was worth it to lose everything to stand for Christ and lose everything he did. He was eventually beheaded for his steadfast faith and his final words were, I die the king's good servant, but God's first. He knew that Jesus Christ was king of the world, the founder of the church, and the promiser of everlasting life. And thus, he was worth dying for. King Henry, by contrast, thought that he, the adulterous king, was the center of the universe, who could start even his own religion. My friends, there will always be division if we stand for truth, because we live in a world of competing visions. One vision says that Jesus is Lord of all, and a false vision says that man is the center of everything. But despite what it may cost, it's always worth it, to stand for Christ, because Christ is truth. It's worth it to live for Christ, and it's even worth it to die for Christ. Christ.